Welcome to another episode of Believing God's Promises, where we don't just read the word, but believe what it says. We are starting a new series. As you can see by the title, it's called Reside in Him, and it is an acronym. It's actually something that the Lord gave me years ago. It was about 10 years ago when I was doing a women's Bible study at my church, and he gave this to me, and I'm just going to kind of use the same uh, acronym. I'm doing different messages. It's going to be generally the same, but uh, different messages. So anyway, so we're going to talk about that today. We're going to do the intro to that, talk about what that looks like. But this series is based off of 1 Peter 5, 9. And so because I want to really get a feel, as I was praying about this, I felt like the Lord was showing me that I need to really give some backstory um, about Peter, about who he is, and about the letter that he wrote. And because this is a letter that was written by Peter um, to a group of people. And so first, I want to talk about Peter for a minute. And if you're not familiar with him, I want to encourage you guys to study him on the side because he's a very interesting character. He's a very interesting man. Um, there's a lot that we can learn from him. He was part of Jesus's first or Jesus's 12 disciples, and he was part of Jesus's inner circle. He was very close to Jesus. He got to walk with him. He got to experience miracles. He got to experience um, Jesus really just doing all of the things that Jesus did, and he got to experience Jesus's suffering. And so when you begin to study Peter, you see that he had, um, oh, how would I say this, a pride issue, right? He had a little bit of an ego, and, and he had this idea much um, like like his other friends of the other disciples that when their Messiah came, that the Messiah was going to come in and take over the Roman government. They were going to, that the Messiah was going to overthrow the Roman government, that they were going to come in with a sword and they were going to rule. And there's going to be this earthly kingdom full of riches and glory. But that is not what God did. God had a different plan, which we all know. Jesus humbled himself and came in and became a servant. And, and so because of this idea that these disciples had, there was a lot that we see throughout the gospels, specifically with Peter, where he was, Peter was very uh, big at voicing his opinion. And so we kind of see him voice it, but I believe that a lot of the disciples probably agreed with what he was saying. Um, but Peter was the one that would go in the forefront and say, Hey, this or that. And he would call Jesus out. And I mean, Jesus told him, get behind me, Satan. I mean, there were some confrontational times in Peter's life where we can see where his thoughts and his ideas of what the kingdom of God is supposed to look like didn't line up with Jesus, didn't line up with what God had intended. And so Peter was a disciple. He did love Jesus. He followed Jesus. But we see where um, at the end of, of Jesus's life, where Jesus tells Peter, hey, you're going to deny me three times. And what does Peter do? He says, no, not me, Lord. I would never, I would never do that. And then he does. And we see this almost as a pivotal point in Peter's life. And, and I want to tell you all of this because it's so important as we're reading um, this letter that Peter wrote and why he says this things he says and how he actually has firsthand experience and revelation himself. Because when he denied Jesus three times, he broke. 
Um, it says in the Bible that he wept bitterly and, and that that hurt his heart. It hurt him that he did exactly what Jesus said he was going to do. And I think it hurt him that he denied his friend, that he denied his savior and that he realized, you know what? I can't, I can't do this in and of myself. And so as we read this letter that Peter wrote, we can keep these things in mind and, and understanding and knowing where Peter came from, help us better understand what he's trying to convey to his readers. Now, for, as far as the letter, first Peter was written to the Christians that had been, that were being persecuted and scattered all over. Now, these were either um, Jews that had been converted, but there were also Gentiles that had been converted. But the thing that they all had in common is when they said yes to Jesus, they were being persecuted. And I'm not talking about, um, you know, people were talking bad about him or posting a bad post on Facebook about him. I'm talking, they were beat, they were flogged, um, they were ripped from their, their families and their homes. Um, there were times that they didn't have places to go or food to eat, and, and some of them even died for their faith. So these Christians were being persecuted. And so Peter writes this letter to encourage them and to show them how God is there and what God has given us and some of the promises of God that we can stand on in the midst of our trials. And so I wanted to give you guys a backstory before we started because I think it's so important that we understand who's writing, what we're reading, and the context around it. And specifically, when it's Peter or Paul or one of these guys that we know that um, was a disciple of Christ, then we can really study that person and, and really get a feel for where they're coming from and their experiences and their revelations of the truth of the Word of God, of things that I guess it wasn't the Word of God yet, but the truth of the word that we know, right? And and really just give us that backstory about them so that we can understand it better. So saying all of that, we are going to, again, the series, we're going to be going through 1 Peter 5, 9. But today I want to start at 1 Peter 5, 1, and we're just going to go through and we're going to read um, the verses and really see what Peter is trying to get at so that we can better understand what's leading up to him saying the things that he says in 1 Peter 5, 9. So we're going to start in 1 Peter 5.1, and I'm going to be reading from the Amplifier, I'm sorry, from the NIV version. All right, so it says, to the elders among you. So he's talking to leaders here. I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness, remember he walked with Jesus, a witness of Christ's sufferings who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock. Now, we just did a series in on Psalms 23, and we learned about the good shepherd. If you want to know how to be a good shepherd, go and study Jesus's life. So he says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must. He's saying, hey, don't do this out of obligation. Not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to what? 
to serve, eager to serve. Again, when we look at Jesus's life, Peter saw it firsthand. You know, I think when Peter was writing this, he had to have been thinking back to the time when Jesus washed his feet, to the time when Jesus did all the things that Jesus did. You know, in the moment, I don't think Peter got it. Again, he hadn't really come to that breaking point yet. But when he looked back at Jesus's life of getting to walk beside, physically walk beside Jesus and see Jesus stop and talk to people that nobody talked to. If you were a Jew, you didn't talk to certain people. You didn't associate with certain people. And and when Peter looked back, I'm sure that he thought of all of those times and he was like, wow, Jesus was trying to teach us something. And here Peter is telling us as leaders that we need to go in not to dishonestly gain something, not to use people, not to abuse people, not to take advantage of people, but to go in and serve them. That is what a leader does. I I don't think that you are a leader if you come up and you come over someone and you press them and you push them down. I think a true leader comes up under people and lifts them up. Amen. And so he says, but eager to serve, not lording over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. We're called to be an example. We're called to go out and love God and love people. We're not called to go out and just demand and command, right? We're called to serve. We're called to love. And when the and when the chief shepherd, that's Jesus, appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, Submit to your elders. And and I love how for the leaders, for the elders, there's this whole thing. It's like, you need to do this. You need to do that. Don't don't do this for selfish gain. Don't do that. But then for the younger people, for the maybe the less mature people, maybe for the new believers, whenever you are under authority of an elder, of a leader, all you need to do is submit to them because if the elders are doing what they're called to do and they're representing Jesus well and they're serving Jesus well, then they're going to be serving you and they're going to be treating you right. They're going to be loving you. And in turn, you just submit to them and that's going to be easy. It's not like this, um, you're submitting to them and they're, they're, pointing their finger at you and commanding you and telling you what to do. That's not what this is talking about. He's like, there's a, there's a system here in place that if the leaders would just act like Jesus, then the younger people that are coming up underneath them are going to want to submit. And they're going to, they're going to be examples. The leaders will be examples for the younger people. And then in turn, the younger people would learn how to serve. They'll learn how to love people. They'll learn how to do things, not with dishonest gain, not to get something out of it for themselves, but because they love people. Amen. Amen. And then he says, all of you. So he's talking about anyone, all of us believers, clothe yourself with humility toward one another because, and here he quotes Proverbs 3.34. He says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Again, I think Peter got it. We look back at his story. We look at where he came from. We look at the things that he did. And I think he got it. I think he had this epiphany, this revelation. Whenever he denied Christ three times, it says that he wept bitterly. 
He was broken. And after that, when Jesus reinstated him, I think he never forgot what he did back here because it kept him humble. He remembered, you know what? I can't do this. I need the Holy Spirit. It was like God was setting him up to show him that he couldn't do it by himself. And he needed a helper. Who is the helper? The Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. That is what keeps us humble, is realizing that we can't do this in and of ourselves. I can't be kind. I can't lead well. I can't do all the things that God has called me to do without the helper. And I'm so grateful that I have him. But the minute that I think that I'm doing it on my own and that I don't need God is the minute that God will come in and he will humble me because he opposes the proud. And he will humble us if we become proud. And we need to pray for that. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I don't want to be proud because if I'm proud, then I'm going to hurt people. It's in our pride that we hurt people. It's in our pride that we say things and do things that we shouldn't do. And I don't want to be that person. And so I pray, God, if I ever am prideful, God, I need you to knock me down. Just kick me down, God. Do whatever it takes. And especially as I'm starting this ministry and preaching and I've talked to my husband a lot about this, about how for some reason, sometimes preachers kind of get put up on that pedestal, just like worship leaders and, and people on the stage. For some reason, that happens, and I don't ever want that to happen. And I've asked my husband to keep me accountable, and I've asked the Lord to keep me accountable and do whatever it takes. I, I don't want this if that's how I'm going to become. I want to be relatable. I want people to want to be around me. I don't want people to be scared of me or think they have there's some kind of dictatorship or whatever you know there is out in the world because that's not how the kingdom is again our god our god came down to earth he didn't have to and we need to constantly remember this we need to constantly pray that god will humble us this is so important as leaders specifically this is something that i just really sense the holy spirit is just like harry this is something that we really need to talk about a lot is the humility and and it's hard sometimes isn't it but man whenever you just let go and you just say god i can't you can then that that's enough right that's us surrendering that's us saying god i can't do this if i do this i'm going to be a jerk to people. I'm going to treat people wrong. So let's continue to surrender to him and be willing for God to humble us in those times that we do get prideful because we do, don't we? There are times that I get prideful and that's when I say things to my husband that I shouldn't. And that's when I uh, treat my kids like I shouldn't or treat other people like I shouldn't. But I ask for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And in that, I pray that God keeps me humble and keeps me humble and he does whatever it takes to keep me humble. Amen. Amen. So it says, humble yourselves. That's why I just talked about. Therefore, under God's mighty hand, and he may lift you up in due time. We don't have to promote ourselves, guys. That is not how things are done in the kingdom. All we have to do is humble ourselves before God and trust that he's going to get us to where he wants us. It may not be where we think we need to be, but he's going to get us to where he wants us. And then it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I love that part. It's just kind of like a switch here. It's talking about humility. It's talking about um, leading the flock well. It's talking about caring for people, staying humble. And it's like, cast all your anxieties on God. Because I think Peter knows that in all this, what happens so often, we try and we strive. I got to be humble. I got to treat people right. I got to love people. I can't say certain things. And it becomes about us yet again. But he wants us to come back to that place where we realize that we can't 
do it. We can't keep our mouth shut. We can't do anything without the Holy Spirit, without the helper. And so he reiterates, cast all of your cares, cast your anxiety. God will give you the grace to do what he's called you to do. Here's what he's called us to do. Love people, be humble, treat people well, serve people. All right, now he's going to give us the grace to do it. Amen. We don't have to do it ourselves. So then we go on to verse eight and it says, be alert and sober mind. Stop all those thoughts that are racing around in your head and around in your head and your the chaos, the confusion. That is not of God. Be sober mind. How do we be sober mind? We renew our mind daily. We replace the lies of the enemy with the truth of the word of God. Be alert and sober mind. <clears throat> and here's the part we're going to focus on the next six weeks. It says your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers through the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Now listen to this. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, I, I love this part. He's not telling us that we're not going to suffer. He's not telling us that everything in this world is perfect. What does Jesus say? In this world, you will have troubles. You will have troubles, but take heart. He says, I have overcome the world. And, and Peter really just re-says this in a different way. He says, and the glory of all grace who called you to eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, after you have gone through things and you have struggled with things for a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast to him be the power forever and ever Amen. So there's a promise here. Again, God's not saying, oh, come to me and all your troubles are going to be over and everything's going to be perfect. No, that's what heaven's for, right? We can expect that in heaven because that's what God tells us. He's restoring us back to how it was in the Garden of Eden. But until then, as far as living on this earth, while we're here on this earth, we're going to have problems. And Peter's talking to people that are being persecuted. They are they are fighting for their lives and they are fighting for their faith. And he's trying to encourage them. He's like, guys, I know that you're suffering, but God is going to give you the grace. He's going to give you the grace to get through this. And he's going to give you the strength. And for some of these guys that met that their life would be over and they would die. And, and then they're with Jesus. So they're good, right? But for some of them, God would get them through that. And in, in the end, they were okay. Have you ever been through a trial where you just didn't think when you were in the middle of it that you could get through it? That it felt like it was so big and so hard and so challenging that you didn't, you just didn't see the end of it. But then all of a sudden you're on the other side and you're like, wow, God gave me the strength that I needed to get through that. And it actually helped me. It actually helped grow me. James talks about this, how trials are actually good for us, how they teach us and how they grow us. And, and it may not make sense when you're in the middle of it again, but Peter is encouraging believers, hey, hold on just one more day, just one more minute, just one more second, and God is going to come through for you. He's going to get you through this and you're going to learn. So I love this whole thing. And now that we've read the whole scripture around 
1 Peter 5, 9. I want to go and I want to look at real quickly. We're going to look at the series that we're doing with this, where I got this acronym reside and what this is going to look at. But in order to do so, we're going to go back up to verse eight, but we're going to read in the Amplified Classic Version. And I have this on here for you guys. So you can read with me. It says, be well balanced. Now, before I read this, the Amplified Classic Version, it's like the Amplified. They take words and they amplify them out. So uh, whatever a word is, it's going to tell you what that word means just in an amplified state. And, And God showed me this years ago, and I just thought it was so cool. And so it says, be well balanced, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a lion, roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize up and devour. Now, this is where the the study will come from. It says, withstand him. Withstand him. Be firm in faith. So it says, withstand him. Be firm in your faith. And this is how we do it. Now, one more thing he says before how we do it is he says against his onset. So he's not saying in the middle of your trial, when you're struggling the most and your emotions are high and you're worn out, then you fight against the enemy. No, he says before you get to that point. So he's telling us to be prepared ahead of time. What does it look like to be prepared ahead of time against the enemy? Well, we're going to talk about that over the next six weeks. And a lot of this is going to be spending time with God, spending time in the word, um, preparing our minds. You know, whenever I know that I'm going to be preaching specifically in front of people, I mean, of course, on these live videos, I get opposition. But like last night, I started my identity class. I think I shared that with you guys last week that I was going to start the identity class at the church that I'm currently going to. And of course, right beforehand, I had some opposition and I don't say that in a negative way, but I say that in a way that I've been doing this long enough that I understand for some reason, well, I know why the enemy doesn't want me to preach the truth of the word of God. I mean, it's very simple. And so he's trying to shut me up, but I know ahead of time that there's going to be opposition. So I already prepare my head. Not again, I'm not like negative about, I'm like, Oh no, I'm going to get opposition. I don't know what to do. No, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I'm prepared. I'm going to make sure that I have people praying for me. I make sure that I'm renewing my mind, that I'm not allowing any thought to take captive in my mind, that anything that is not of the Lord, that I kick it out and I say, no, God says, right? We say God says, just like Jesus did in the Bible, whenever Satan tempted him, what did he do? He used the word of God against as a weapon against the enemy. He says it is written and that's what we need to do. That's how we renew our mind. Amen. And so I I prepare ahead of time because I know that the enemy is going to try to stop me. And so I make my mind up that no matter what comes against me, I'm still going to show up. And I did. And I had things come against me and I still showed up last night. And I still did what God was calling me to do, not because I'm strong, but because I know that I'm weak and I need God. So I said, God, I can't do this without you. 
Help me prepare for this. Help me to stand against anything that the enemy has planned, God. And, and I prepare ahead of time, just like a, a army will go out and a general will say, okay, we're going to prepare ahead of time. We're going to have a strategic plan. They don't just sit back at camp and say, well, let's just hope the enemy doesn't come in and, and you know, we'll get ready when they get here. No, they are, they are proactive. They go out ahead of time and they're in their stance and they're ready to fight a battle. And that is what Peter is telling us is to be prepared on his onset so that when the enemy starts to pounce on us, that we're ready. We're like, uh-uh, not today, Satan. Amen. And so what does that look like? Then that we have these words rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined. And whenever I was reading this, this was about 10 years ago, the Lord showed me this is an acronym and it's, and it's, it was resid, but I added an E, um, I'm not to the Bible, just to my series, but I added an E and the E is enduring. So I, what I did is I took each one of these words and we talked about what that looks like. And that's how this series is going to go down. So next week we'll talk about what it looks like to be rooted in Christ. What does that look like? And how is that going to help us against being prepared at the enemy's onset, being prepared ahead of time, being on guard? How is that going to help us when we go through opposition, when we go through trials? So we'll go through each one of these. And again, the last one, I added an E to the series because I wanted it to spell reside in him. I just thought that was kind of cool. And the last one is enduring. So we will be going through this starting next week. And then that will be, what is that, six weeks? Uh, five weeks. No, six weeks. Yes, yeah, six weeks. I didn't know how many letters were in reside. That'll be six weeks. And then I'll probably do the ending. Um, I'm not sure if I'll do the ending or not. And then that'll bump us up almost to Holy Week and spring break. So um, I'm super excited about that. It's going to be a lot of fun because remember, after spring break slash Holy Week, I will be doing online live videos at on Monday nights. So everything's going to change. Just I'm going to keep reminding you guys so that you're not looking for me on Friday. I might pop on that Friday and say, don't forget, you know, but I just want you guys to be prepared for that. So I think this series is going to be really good. I'm excited to see what God does. I'm excited um, to have your feedback. So, you know, send me a message, uh, make a comment, do something. Let me know that you're enjoying it. And yeah, I hope that you guys enjoy this series. So I want to pray for you and we will see you next week. So Father, I just thank you, um, God, for every person that is watching and every person that will watch God. And I thank you for this series, God. I thank you for um, having your disciple Peter write this letter to us, to us believers that are going through difficult, challenging things, God, and, and to all the believers that have gone before us and all the believers that are suffering right now for your name's sake, God, in ways that we don't even understand in America, God, that we don't even grasp. And God, I just thank you that every person watching, God, that you see where they're at, God, you see um, the trials and the struggles and the opposition that they're facing, God, and you are preparing, yeah, God, that you are preparing an army, Lord that you're preparing an army to stand up and to fight the good fight of faith, God. And I thank you for that, that the people that are watching, I just really have this sense that God is calling you to a higher place and that He, you have been humble and you have served well and you have loved people and God is promoting you. And that is why it is so crucial that you learn how to fight the enemy, how to fight the good fight of faith, how to renew your mind. And so, Father, I just thank you for every person that is in that place, God. And I thank you that you're going to um, 
teach them and train them that you are equipping them. This is a season of equipping because opposition is coming and that's not a, a scary thing, but that is a good thing because we have you, God, and that's all we need. Father. So I just thank you for that, God. I just thank you for what you're doing. And I thank you for what you've done, God. And, and I thank you that you love and you cherish each person that is watching God. Um, yeah. In Jesus name. Amen.